I got my card, I got my echo unit. Hey! One take, no editing. Yeah. Welcome to Comfortable Place on the Couch Series 2, a regularly scheduled podcast where two Canadians talk about a band full of Australians. Yeah. With a New Zealand basis. With a New Zealand basis. To Midnight Oil fans all around this great circle. Yeah, that's okay. Well, that was good, good effort there, Thanks. Darren. My name is Darren Folds, and in the coming months, I'll be listening to all those Midnight Oil songs that didn't make it onto their studio albums. We're talking about B-sides, covers, demos, and maybe a few other tracks, if the fancy strikes me. Almost pronounced that correctly. Yeah. Joining me each episode is my best friend and fellow Midnight wow. Oil enthusiast. Yeah, you've been upgraded. Robin Harbin, welcome to my sunroom and the couch, Mr. Harbin. Yeah, I'm. we're back here in the sunroom. It kind of feels like this is where we should be. This is the place to be, and it's... Way to go up to, like, 14 Celsius today. I'm sitting here in my t-shirt. Yesterday it was like 22. Yeah, that's crazy temperatures. I know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's nice to be back here in the sunroom. And and I'm your best friend again? Well, I'm willing to admit it. Oh, like, so I was really your best friend all this time. I think you probably Oh, I'd give you a hug if I wasn't, wasn't... behind this microphone. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> Thanks. I'd take a hug. <laughs> Robin and I, I don't know, have we have oh. we ever told the story about how we met? No, I, I don't know what we have. I'm also curious about this regularly scheduled, but hey, let's, let's yeah. talk about us it's some more. It's periodic. Oh, okay. You know, it that... happens regularly. So it's... it's regularly scheduled. Right, this is true. That means you grabbed your iPhone and you said... I'm going to do this once a yeah. month. And I'm going to tap, repeat every month. That's right. And that means it's regularly scheduled, whether it happens or not. Am I clipping there, Darren? I'm, we're sounding really live today. Well, you know what? I think that our last episode, yeah, the yes, the bonus episode, the, all the stats, the stats, <laughs> the statistics episode, the episode that lost all of our listeners. Nobody's yeah. listening to this episode. No, I know. Last one. I think that... Todd. <laughs> Todd was like. <laughs> Yeah, that was, oh, anyway, yeah, Todd, Todd really liked the statistics episode. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I don't think we're clipping, and I think that we're getting a little bit uh, better levels and volumes. Lots of gain here. Yeah, I think, I think it's working out better, even okay. if it is a little bit. So I think we keep going bunny trails. What were you trying to say? Um, I wasn't trying to say anything. Oh, I was going to try to say, have we ever told everybody the story about how we met? I like your version of it there, Darren, so tell us. Okay, so back when I was three years old when we were both three years old yeah uh, we hadn't met right and we're only three weeks apart in age that's right for what it's worth and we lived one two maybe three blocks if you count going around yeah, really the corners. just really just one block one big long one block. long block yeah um so anyway we ended up going to the same school we were placed in the same junior kindergarten class yeah age three age three because we hadn't usually you start jk and when you're four, but we're born late in the year. So, yeah. Um, and so I was placed in this class with this kid named Robin Hopkins. Yeah. And Robin Hopkins had either just 
been in Australia or he was going to go live in Australia for a year. I think he just came back from being in Australia for a well, year. Well, if we were really three, then that means I was about to go to Australia because I went to Australia when I was four. Okay. In 70, January 77. Yep. And that's just after you and I turned four. That's right. A month or two after. Right? No. Why Maybe. Not? Three. Oh, five. Uh, yeah. Oh, no. Just a second. January 77. Oh, 77. Right? That's we right. We turned five October of 77. Yes. I 72. We I, were born in 1972. 72. Just like Pong and just like Schwampy Moose. Ooh. So, yeah, the video game Pong, our favorite band, Midnight Oil. Well, Schwampy Moose. Yep. Uh all born in 1972. Okay, anyway. Anyway, so, get on with something. <laughs> Robin and I were in the same junior kindergarten class, except because there was this Australia connection that I somehow knew was yeah. happening with this Robin guy. He didn't, he wasn't Robin Harbin in my mind. He was Robin Hopkins. Yeah, Robin because Hopkins. Because of all those kangaroos that were hopping around, he became Robin <laughs> Hopkins. And so Robin and I went to the same school. We were only occasionally in the same classroom. Yeah. And we, so... We were in class just from September. Our school year starts in September. Yep. And uh, so December, I would have only been in school for four months. Hot tea. Hot tea. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I won't be having mine for a little bit still. Disappeared to Australia for a year. Yep. Changed my name. <laughs> yep. To Robin Harbin. Yep. No, I didn't. I was I was Robin Harbin since I was born, but. Anyway, Robin Hopkins. That's Darren's exciting story. Basically, he thinks I've, he thinks my last name was Hopkins. Yep. Yeah. And yeah, we've hung out regularly ever since. There's that word again, regularly. <laughs> Mr. Harbrin. Yeah. Do you have any business as usual, a.k.a. listener feedback or oils news? I think there was something. Hey, I... I want to say happy birthday to my dad, 70 years old. Well done. He's the guy who brought me Australia in 77 and 87 and probably sparked my love. Certainly my love of of Australia. Yeah. I probably wouldn't have gotten into the oils the way I did. Probably not. If if it hadn't been for that. And. Happy birthday, Mr. Harvey. Our good friend, Andrew. Yeah. His dad. Can I say this on the air? His dad ha- is having his 80th birthday. Oh, wow. Uh, today. Oh, great. Yeah, or, well, you know, I guess he already had it, because in Australia, it's the future. That's right. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to Andrew's Andrew's dad, dad. who seems like a fine guitar-playing guy, even at 80. Cool. Yeah. Do you know any Oils news? Well, I think there's a whole load of news, but I'm kind of clued out what's going on. So there was this premiere. Yeah, for the uh, the 1984. Yeah, there's this Midnight Oil movie, 1984. Yeah. And they had a premiere and Rob Hurst mm-hmm. was there at the premiere. Yeah. And he was talking about stuff and telling yeah. us secrets. Telling secrets. Yeah. 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 Maybe they weren't secrets. I don't know. So there were cameras out at the, at the Great Circle Tour, predominantly at the domain shows towards the, was, were those the final shows? Yeah. Towards the end. And so there's the speculation. Okay. Is there going to be the DVD, the Blu-ray release of, uh. Of these shows and and yes there is yeah right looking looking for those to be coming out in august i think yep so our good friend judy 
mm-hmm. our our listener who was at the Goat Island concert, Judy. That Judy? Yeah. Uh, Judy was at the Melbourne Midnight Oil screening and uh, with the Q&A with Rob. And there were plenty of posters and she got a couple. Oh, right on. For us. No way. Really? Thank you, Judy. Judy, you're awesome. Yeah. Nancy, you got to step up your game. (laughs) (laughs) And all the other listeners. Everybody everybody else. I still, I still really like my Ned Kelly T-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I'm not wearing it today. You've done well. Ooh, you got the, the got great my, circle. My great circle went on today. Yeah. All I can right. See that behind your beard. So, in in an effort to keep things rolling. Yeah, boy, are we ever. We don't have uh, much business as usual. Then we don't have a lot of oils news because we haven't prepared. But Mr. Harbin, now that you know, this is yeah. like on my page. For me to say, Mr. Harbin, do you have any business as usual, a.k.a. listener feedback or oh, oils news? Is that only my job now because I'm still on the Facebooks? Well, you might hear more things than I hear. Maybe. Maybe. But whenever I try to tell you something, you already go, I know. And I say, <laughs> how do you know that it was on Facebook? I have my ways. So it's like, I suspect Darren actually is on Facebook still, but he's not telling even me. It was very coincidental that I went on Facebook the day that the... The 1984 premiere. Totally coincidental. Totally coincidental. Okay. Okay, so let's, shall we turn our attention to the music, Mr. Harbin? Yeah, so so what's going on? Series two, Darren. Yeah. What are we doing? Like, I feel like I did a bad job of explaining yeah, what the idea was. I don't even know what we're doing, and here I am. You told me to come over here, so here I am sitting down. Okay. But. I think that I live in like some idealized version of 2018, where the full tank and the overflow tanks were never released that would be an ideal 2018 you know what in some ways for me i think it, it would be oh, oh wow i have mixed feelings about the tanks as i went off on i think last episode yet i've paid money for the tanks yeah um i don't know i, I just kind of like the world as it was when the midnight oil material that we had was what the band released, like the albums, the singles, and basically that was it. Yeah, like the pre-tank world. The pre-tank world. You thought I like it was that. A, you liked the bit of mystery. You liked the yeah the obscurity. Maybe I don't know. The the days just, when all the tanks weren't just there on Spotify for anybody to listen to. I don't know. It just seemed. Um, they sold out, Darren. She, well, they I don't sold think out. They sold That's out. what you're saying, right? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's really what it gets to. <laughs> So when, when we did our survey, the second highest ranked item in terms of what was what people what wanted, people us wanted to, to hear okay. if the podcast continued was the B-sides, rarities, and covers. That got about 15% more votes. Here we are getting statistics back to statistics. Again. Just for you, Todd. <laughs> 15% more votes than, than the overflow. Wait. Oh, than the overflow tanks. Yeah. So the B-sides, the rarities, and the covers got more interest than than the overflow tanks and that's a little bit interesting to Darren, me what's the difference between the rarities and b-sides and the overflow tank well because some of the stuff on the <laughs> i'm tapping my nose again <laughs> some of that stuff are like the demos that wouldn't have been like on a b-side um that wouldn't have been like the cover songs and stuff i guess that would be the rarity type things okay yeah um so that's that's kind of the stuff that I'm interested in listening to. Oil stuff that I have or I could have had as a fan in the 80s and 90s. Right. So, 
for the most part, this season of The Couch, I'm thinking that we're going to listen to the songs that were on the backs of the singles um, and the covers. And because the tanks are out there, and there is some interesting stuff like I, I am interested in listening to like the demos that they were working on for some of the albums. So we threw, I'm throwing some of those type of things in there. So it's basically the kind of the stuff that I want to listen to this year. <laughs> That's what we're doing. But basically going chronologically through like things like B-sides, cover songs, okay. and some of these demos. So basically all the stuff, all the Midnight Oil songs that didn't make it onto one of the main albums. Yep. In chronological order. More or less. That you find interesting enough. Yeah. Okay. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put like a list of these songs on our website. And so our listeners can take a look at it and make sure that I've, I'm doing a pretty good job of finding all these things. And if somebody can. I don't think you're going to want to change it even if they. Well, if somebody can make make a compelling case and change my mind. Oh, wow. Great. Yeah. Darren doesn't change his mind very easily. So we've been listening to some songs from the, basically the pre-Blue Sky Mining era. We're talking about like the first 20 years of oils. And we don't have a lot in those And strangely, years. we only have four songs to listen to. Yeah. And, and two of them are just kind of little snippets of stuff. I, I believe you called them joke songs. <laughs> Or am I giving away too much there? I don't think I called them joke songs, did I? <laughs> Actually, I may, maybe I did call them joke songs. Yeah. Yeah, so we're going to be listening to a track from Lassiter's Gold called Schwampy Moose, one called Farm. We're going to be listening to Ghost of the Roadhouse, which can also be found on Lassiter's Gold. And what's so funny about peace, love, and understanding, which was the B-side of Put Down That Weapon. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And by way of reminder, or perhaps by way of introduction, here's what those songs sound like. saying this periodically throughout the podcast yes this phrase but now we finally have some music or at least some sounds (laughs) how would you describe swampy moose well would would you say swampy moose it kind of sounds like what it's named swampy moose it does sound a bit like that okay so so i started saying this but hey 1972 yeah you got you and i being born that's right you got the video game pong 
being released for the first time, yeah. sort of the beginning of video games, mm-hmm. and you have probably more important than you or I or Pong. No. Well, yes. Maybe more than Pong. Okay. <laughs> you have Schwampy Moose, and that's Jim, Jim. and Rob and Andrew Bear James. Yeah. James. Andrew yeah. Bear James, yeah, on bass. You know what I always find myself doing? these days no well not always these days but i've noticed myself doing it in my head a couple times yeah calling him andrew james bear Bear. interesting but andrew Andrew james James bear yep ajb yeah so these the guys are young they're like 16 17 years old at this point i think rob had just turned 17 jim had just turned 16 and we have this clip of them jamming it out i guess that's right and Okay, so so I've been thinking about this. You know, we know that Midnight Oil fans are a very diverse bunch, Darren. Yeah. Like, if we learned anything during the last year... And we didn't. It's that Oil's fans... Like, the only thing Oil's fans can really agree about is that the Oil's were really good sometime. Yes. Right? And they had three bass players. (laughs) People can agree to that fact. They had three of them. Yeah, they did have three. Okay, so... Darren, Four, really, yeah. if you count Martin. So I think there's some fans, for example, I'm not going to describe all of them, but you got fans who like Diesel is the best. Yeah. And everything before or everything after yeah. really sucked. Yeah. Then you got the people who read sales or 1098. Yeah. That's when the oils are great. And then they totally I've, sold I've out. I really like that, but I don't think they sold out. Yeah. Okay. okay. So I'm not in that camp either. Yeah. And then you got, oh, head injuries is really the best, oh, yeah. right? They, they only should have, yes. Yeah. yeah. And then. You got people who love the blue meanie like crazy or postcard. I didn't say yeah. postcard, yeah. but head injuries, the blue you, meanie. You got people who love the blue meanie so much they think, you know what? They should have just done one album and that was it and they should have hung That's it up. That's right. And I think there are fans like that. So I think it's totally logical that there are fans who think farm was just where it's at. And I know for a fact Really? There are people who think Schwampy Moose is like... The pinnacle? The pinnacle. Well, I mean, it's only logical. You know this for a fact? Oh, yeah. For a fact, there are people, person, who think (laughs) Schwampy Moose is just like... The cat's meow. Yeah. And, And they haven't had anything to listen to. That's the unfortunate thing. They're just legendary. And now it's being revealed, Darren. Yeah. The truth... Like, now these fans Oh, have, now they're being outed. They have... Well, no, no. They, they've got a minute and 18 yeah. of pure bliss. Schwampy Moose, the track, yeah, right? Yeah, they have it. But, okay, this is this is what's really cool. Not only those, those Schwampy Moose fans, we have got a treat for them. You know how we've been talking to Rob a bit? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, Rob and Jim, actually. Yeah. And I talked to them and I said, you know what? There's these fans. Schwampy Moose is it. Yeah. And Jim's like, you know what? I can help you out. There's a bit more where that came from. Right on. Yeah. And uh, so I'm just going to play you a little bit of that now. Schwampy Moose. Swampy Moose! 
Hey, what's up? Hey, it's a Swampy Moose! Swampy Moose! Wow, that now, was a that, treat. Was that amazing? And, uh, you know, you might think that was enough, but... No, I don't think that was enough. No, okay. I want more. You want more? Well, fortunately, Jim came through in a big way. Right and on. We have we have... <laughs> oh, they're so tight back then. I know it's awesome. I, it just bears amazing. <laughs> I love the tones Jim's getting out of his his keys there. Yeah. Swampy moose. What is that? Well, that's Jim swapped over to the guitar now. Oh, that's right. his guitar. Yeah. Swampy Moose. Wow. Okay, so that's some quality gold. So that that's amazing that we've got that. Thank you, Jim. Yep. For th- giving us some bonus material. That's right. So, so you can see that there's a real pattern there. Yeah. All three songs that we now have from the Schwampy Moose era. Mm-hmm. Well, the lyrics aren't that deep, but like... No. But Schwampy Moose... But you know what they're getting at. Yeah. 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 I, like, I can get that. And uh, they they really go for this... The the bass, very prominent in all three songs. They're yeah. Doing a, that's a true. jam. They're doing like a 12-bar jam in mm-hmm. E. Are they all in E? Well, Maybe. Okay. I'm, I'm actually not too sure about that last one. I forgot to analyze it, but okay. uh, we'll but have certainly, to ask Brianna. Yeah, certainly the first Schwampy Moose song there. Yeah, you know the the Lasters Gold one. Yeah. So, so this Lasters Gold Schwampy Moose. Yeah. Basically, it's just here's some bass. Yeah. And Rob. Well, and then getting Jim, things excited over top of it. Yeah, and then Jim plays, starts playing some guitar. Then Jim comes in with some guitar, and, and, and Rob and, and makes Rob some more noises, hits the drums, and then Rob adds some drums. And there's this, there's this really poor buildup for yeah. what might be a big finish, Keith Moon style, and then it just kind of gets cut off. Yeah. Now, do you think they cut it off before it got really bad and they embarrassed themselves, or was that too late for that? You gotta wonder, eh? Yeah. But like. You know, the hardcore Schwampy Moose fans, I think they'll be digging into this even more. I, I hope we've provided, uh, you know, a bit more material there yeah. for them to yeah, for sure. dig into. Yeah, you, you know, I have I took the time to transcribe what I think Rob was going <laughs> off on about. Yeah. Hey, Rooster. Yep. I think that's what's... And you know, it's kind of coincidental because if you look at the Lasser's Gold cover and it kind of lays out some of the tracks that maybe weren't included on Laster's Gold. There's Swampy Moose there. Uh, there's the House of the Rising Sun. Wouldn't have been that neat neat to yeah. hear that. Oh, yeah. Paint It Black by the Stones. Maybe they did a cover of that somewhere. And then I think it, it looks, it, when I looked at it first, I thought it said, Hey Rooster Pants oh, was the name of the song. Rooster Pants. Hey Rooster Pants. But maybe I'm, may, maybe it was like Little Red Rooster or something like that, like that, that blues standard. Yeah. Maybe they're doing and some other stuff. Anyway, Schwampy Moose. Hey, this is Schwampy Moose's only track, man. 
Or but, is it? But maybe not. Yeah. Schwampy Moose the second. Yeah, Schwampy Moose two, and I think just for like the the music theorists and historians that are going to be digging into this. Yeah, I suggest we call those other two tracks Schwampy Moose two. Okay, and Schwampy Moose three. Sounds good. Yeah. So there you go. Is that enough Schwampy Moose? That pretty much. I do have to say, if if we're allowing Schwampy Moose, yeah, into the main Midnight Oil canon, yeah. Uh, we got a note that it's actually the fourth shortest song that the Oils ever released. Oh, really? Yeah. The fourth shortest. Fourth shortest, yeah. So what's the third shortest? Um, Bakerman? No. Oh. That's uh, on our list, but it's not the... Okay. Well, is Farm shorter than Schwampy yeah, Moose? Farm is sh- yeah. shorter. Should I tell you that's number two? Okay. Farm is going to be two number other two. Yeah. Shorter ones. Well, uh, Bakerman is shorter. It's the shortest. Oh, okay. Yeah. So you basically you got, I got ba- two of them. You've got What's two. What's the other one? What's third? A I... crocodile cries. Oh, really? It's shorter than. It's shorter than Schwampy Moose. But it's better. <laughs> Says you, you Capricornia lover. I am. Man, remember when we were listening to Capricornia? Those were good days. Yeah, those were the good days. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, we've got Bakerman at 55 seconds, Farm at 102, A Crocodile Cries at 110, Long, and finally, Schwampy Moose, 118. Those statistics? Of bliss. Brought to you by the Todd. <laughs> there you go, Todd. Moving on to Farm. Recorded at 77 Albert Ave, Chatswood. Ooh, Chatswood. Yeah. Chatswood wasn't Probably like the, you know, that house they had? Communal living. They had the, yeah, they were like the toll hippies back then. Yeah. Presumably there. There's not much to this 1976 tune. It's true. It's basically swelling organs from Jim. Yeah, it sounds either like... stereo or or two tracks of it. Yeah, yeah. Jim's jamming on his organ. It's kind of like mostly an F. Doesn't matter to me. Doesn't matter to you. And maybe somebody cares. And he's doing lots of dissonant kind of chords. Probably just in like nine chords, where you add like you know if you're playing an F. Yeah. Then you, you add, add the a ninth. yeah, which is a. I don't know. Gee. If there's eight. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say, if there's eight, and you go all the way around. Yeah, you and go loop from F one. to F. That's right. Eight would be an octave. Yeah. F to F. And F, F and... So why why wouldn't that be called like a adding a first? Well, adding a second. Oh, Sometimes adding a second, it is. yeah. Sometimes it is considered a second. Okay. yeah. Uh, but its position is often higher. There's some there's some argument over whether that should be called a, a two chord or a nine chord. I won't argue with you. No, I don't want to argue about it either. And then there are some drums near the end. Yeah, right? some some cymbal swells and washes and so, stuff. So do you think this was ever done live? Like I was trying to guess what is the significance? Is this only Jim uh, fiddling around, you know, in his home studio or Maybe this was like an epic prelude. Yeah. And then like the rock would yeah. come. Is this like the epic prelude to Surfing with a Spoon? 
I don't know. Maybe. Wow, that was that was like being there. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe it's like an epic prelude to something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sort of sounds like it. So, what can we can we learn anything from this, Darren? Nope. That even in '76, yes, Jim liked to play around with the keyboards. Yes, that he had some skills. Oh yeah, on the organ, and that he liked some pretty weird chords because these are not just like four years later when they're playing twelve. 12 bar blues, mm-hmm. one, four, five chord kind of stuff. Here's Jim doing some pretty crazy, yep. weird stuff. So, yep. yep, that's a little bit. A little something. It's a little something. A little takeaway. Yeah. Great. Ghost of the Roadhouse. Now we've got something that's. That's fun to listen to. <laughs> well, not you, not to put down you're the being fans very centric. of, yeah, of very... Swampy Moose. Yeah. Okay, how would I put it this way? Yeah. Of the three songs, of the two songs that we've listened to already, yeah, I like this one much better. Yeah, you you do. Yes. Yep. Yeah. That is a totally valid opinion you have there. So, Ghost of the Roadhouse. Let me tell you a little bit about it, if, if you don't mind. Please do. Okay. Um, recorded in 1982. This is a Jim Mugini, Peter Garrett song. Um, mm. It was uh, recorded as a demo for 1098. And do you remember the whiteboard from the Great Circle Tour? Like before yeah. they went on the Great Circle yeah, Tour they and had they that. had all the songs written yeah, down on the, the whiteboard? Yeah, the infamous whiteboard. And do you remember they had a little section down in the corner, the Do Not Playlist? Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that there was a song on there? There's a title there called Huey. Huey? Huey. Oh. So I'm thinking this is probably Huey. Wow. What do you think? Think that's possible? Well, it seems weird to me they would even have to say, like, let's not play this song that we've never played or have they played it well see here's the thing um in 2014 as part of the uh making of midnight oil exhibition this song was kind of released i don't know if it actually came out on singles or anything like i don't think you could get a physical copy of it but this song was available at the exhibition you could hear it there and i think that it was available perhaps on the lines on the internets? Oh, on the internet, Maybe. Wow. I don't know. I've never heard of it up until this point, but there's mention of it um, in articles from 2014 about this, uh, the making of Midnight Oil exhibition. Neat. So it, it's kind of been out there since 2014. So maybe for that reason, it's considered something that they would have to decide explicitly, you know what, we're not doing this on the Great Circle Tour. Yep. Yep. Jim says about uh, this song, it's a quaint little song, and I think it has historic value. But when asked about, you know, maybe should this have been on 1098, he says, no, it shouldn't have been on the album. Yeah, it it would really stand out, maybe in a bad way. Well, yeah. On 1098 in particular. Yeah, like when you listen to this, can you can you hear it fitting in either musically or thematically? 
with ten, with with the stuff on ten ninety. No, it just sounds too different. Like I I get a bit of a head injuries vibe. Yeah. From it, do yeah. you kind of hear that too? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so I could see it fitting in head injuries, which also, of course, uh, postcard has some overlap in that kind of vibe too. Yep. So I, I could see it on postcard. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's got a little bit more of like of those prog elements perhaps in yeah. some of the time signatures. Um, yeah. Does, does it have some time signature stuff going on? Well, we'll be talking about it. Yeah. Like I really like it for some of that stuff that's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Should we? Okay. Let me give you a quote from Rob yeah. about this, and then we can just jump into the music or the lyrics, whatever you'd like. Rob said, and I thought this was interesting. I can't hear it, but this is a forerunner to Power and the Passion. Mm. I don't hear the connection, but I've but I only read that quote like a couple of days ago. Yeah. So as I'm listening now to it, like I'm I'm actually actively listening and trying to find it. Haven't really found it yet. Yeah. I. I think maybe it's because it keeps switching to that that B section. It's kind of yeah. Okay, so if we do talk musically about it, sure. In a way, there's just kind of two parts that are quite different from each other. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts off with what's what we'll call part A, yeah, which is to me like surprisingly poppy, and it almost oh, yeah. sounds like to me actually sounds like the Cure. Okay, the Cure's. Yeah more pop stuff can we let's let's just start at the beginning then okay musically and go yeah, go yeah. through things so it kind of starts with that uh that choppy guitar and the punctuated drums yeah. just for like maybe four bars or something like that and then it switches into that descending i don't know is it a key or a guitar line and i had written down this sounds like it's totally out of a john hughes movie You know, and so when you say cure, I'm saying yes. That's that's totally the kind of thing that I'm yeah. hearing as well. Yeah. So I'm calling that part A, although you're reminding me, yeah, that the intro has that choppy bit. has that other thing going on. Yeah. So maybe should I call that A and then we'll, we'll just call this the intro. There's just <laughs> they're throwing some things in there. Then they introduce kind of that that yeah main that, riff. that poppy thing. Yep. Yep. And get into the meat of the first yeah. verse. Yeah, that, that's right. So yeah, that's where I'm hearing kind of this head, hearing kind of this head injuries thing, and then that back and forth, and basically the song just keeps swapping between those two parts. Mm-hmm. Now that non-poppy part, that's more punctuated and mm-hmm. so on, is uh, what reminds me. Um, well, sometimes it sounds a little bit like the police. I had to me. police written down Did as well. Did you? Okay, yeah. yeah, wow. Make George Dragnet gave it up at sunset. I think it's time, yes, it's time to call. Radar run, laugh at the time the box bells and pawns on the back of the yard. I can imagine um, Power and the Passion, Yeah. that kind of that reggae, kind of backbeat, backbeat. Ska thing. Yeah, we're going to call that ska. And Whatever we could even relate it to disco and yeah. its place in... Yeah. Which, of course, that's why oh, yeah. Power and the Passion... It's the big joke. It's the big joke. Yeah. Midnight Oil does a disco song. What a crazy thing. Um, and all those choppy parts have lots of fun bass stuff going in. Yeah, neat rhythmic stuff. Well, it's bass and drums together, of yeah. course. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, 
Yeah, and also there's this tight, the bass and the guitars are very tight together too during those sparser parts, Mm -hmm. uh, which really reminds me of The Police again. Yeah. There's a nice guitar solo. Oh yeah, that's where I, that's where I had written police stuff over here. At the, at the, yeah, okay, so are we talking about the A bit being like the first part of the verse and then the B bit being like the... Uh, the the Huey's gone and nobody knows. Let's say the A part is like the cure and the B part is like, like the, police. the police. Yeah. 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 So it, it's interesting that the Oils were going in that direction with their songwriting, mm-hmm. but then didn't go like, can you imagine a whole album of them sounding like that? Yeah. I really enjoy this song musically yeah. and rhythmically. I And maybe... Part of the appeal to it right now is that it's new, you know, something I haven't heard before from them. And so it's exciting that way. But I think that I could enjoy, you know, a few tracks like this on an album. I I don't know if I would enjoy it. I probably would enjoy a full album of this. But yeah, I I dig it. It's cool. Yeah. 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 So there's some very fun, uh, well, I guess this must be the Giffo era. Yeah, it definitely is. Yeah, this is. is Peter Gifford. Yeah. So Giffo's doing some very fun stuff around 1.30, if you want to play a little bit of that. Sure. We're six lanes flying down to the coast. Now we don't drive on down past the river. Far along the winding strong track. Well, we're set like nerves on the freeway. Windows up and the aircon flat And then there's this pretty long 30-second guitar solo from about two minutes till 2.30. Yeah, kind of leading into the, to Pete's talking yeah. talky bit there. And so that guitar solo to me really is kind of a head injuries sort of sound yeah. to it. That's where I would place yeah. that. It's interesting how they're kind of connecting head injuries and postcard and what they did on uh, like Power and the Passion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you can kind of see those things. They're, they're kind of simultaneously blending three or four of their records. Yeah, yeah, for sure. In, in one, like I can see this being legit oils, oh, even yeah. though it sounds different. That's right. And then there's uh, that pretty great uh, oh, yeah. Pete rant. Or, yeah. Sorry, yeah. And and it's not like a rant like he normally does. It reminds me of Monty Python. It reminds <laughs> me of just hearing the Pythons doing like their old lady type things. Because like he does some stuff in a falsetto, especially towards the end. But it's just kind of like, it's not a rant. It's you're just hearing what's going on at this truck stop or whatever, eh? You're kind of yeah, hearing okay, like the banter the idea, back and eh? forth. That's what I yeah. I take it as. You know, okay. you've, you've got the person working the cash, perhaps, and you've got people waiting in line. People who've been who've been riding up and down the highway for a while, and they're getting out, stretching their legs, and talking about what's going on. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and that fits with my with postcard to me, like thematically and lyrically. Sure. I can imagine that on, of of all their albums. Yeah. Where you would this have this is a slice of Australia. Yeah, yeah, and that's that fits in with postcard. That sense of place. Blue. Blue. 
All right, love, I'll have two pies, a can of Coke. Well, that's that's what it is. That's okay. what I yeah, yeah, that's what I think there's going about. Oh, look at that caravan out in the back and so on and so on. Yeah. Some of it's a little bit weird. Um, talking about somebody named Gary. You know, Gary's a common name. But I'm thinking, well, is that manager? Yeah. Is that Gary? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, that it just it reminds me of the pythons. Just yeah. the way he delivers Funny. some of those kind of things. <laughs> so yeah, Pete's being pretty daring there. I guess he knows it's a demo. So it's yeah. kind of fun. I guess he's just having some fun. Yeah. So after that chatty bit, they do the A part. They go into the B part again. Yeah. They hit the running for their lives. Ah, 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 ah. And then it's that do, 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 Yeah, and this is this is the part that gets me. I love this part of it because they drop beats. They, uh-huh. they're okay. Earlier when they're playing these things, yeah, they're playing they're playing in, in four. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Thanks, thanks for that, that help. That helps me. But like the staccato bits that they're playing, they're doing one and two and three, one and two and three, rest, rest, one and two and three, one and two and three, rest, rest, one and two and three, one and two and three, rest, rest. So it sounds like you're getting three, three, two, three, three, two over top of a four, four drum beat going on, which is really interesting. Yeah. And then when they get to that part after that last verse they go one and two and three one and two and three one one and two and three ah, one and two and three yeah. so they drop it down to a seven beat bar they do that seven times <laughs> nice and then they're back to the eight beat bars again yeah okay Yeah, it's really cool. Now, that whole section was sounding very familiar to me. And now that you just did your breakdown, I'm like, well, is that Redneck Wonderland? Is that Mm. late in Redneck Wonderland? Yeah. I think it does that. Really? Yeah. Like, um, should we try to give it a listen? Yeah. Rhythmically, yeah, there's some of that. Maybe there that for is sure. it, eh? Yeah. Maybe that's where it came yeah. from. Like that was like Maybe. Or maybe taking eight beats and chunking them into three, three, two. Well, but even melodically, how you were humming it to yeah, me. I guess so, eh? Basically I'm hearing the same thing. I'm yeah. hearing Very Ghost similar. the Roadhouse game resurrected. That section. Yeah. Game Very similar. Coming back in uh redneck. So neat. And uh yeah, and, and I didn't want to miss that when you're playing that sparse part under okay, when you're playing that part under Pete's rant. Yeah. Um that, which we were saying that sounds like police 
bass lines yeah. there, like Sting's yeah. bass lines. That's also, um, that is, I'm sure, what Rob's talking about with Power and the Passion. Okay. That's the same kind of thing going on there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I can I can totally see that. That's cool. So, so I still wanted to talk about that scream. Yeah. This song has the most intense screamo scream. Oh yeah. This, this takes on concrete. It's not as long, but that scream. Like, do you have that ready still? Is it concrete that we were saying is the most yeah. crazy scream? I think so. I think this beats it for just pure screamo kind of scream. Like when I listen to, there, there's this uh, metalcore band, Oh Sleeper. Yeah. That I made a video game yes. four years ago. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and they've got a, a guy who just screams. Yep. And basically Pete is matching his kind of intensity for just a couple seconds. That and then he goes down to a more normal for him scream. Yeah, but I don't, do you hear how in crazy? Oh yeah, like that. That's full tilt. So maybe that kind of fits into what the song is about. Okay, I don't know that I know what this song is about. Um, up until the point where I printed out the lyrics to take a look through it, I thought it was pretty much slice of. Um, Australia, driving down the highways, hanging out at these roadhouses, um, stretching your legs on your trips, uh, the truckers, and the guy, Huey, this is what I was singing, Huey's the guy who kind of runs this particular one, right? I love the rhythm for, um, except for Christmas and funerals, Huey's gone and nobody knows. I like that. That's great. So it's, you know, this is a story about this guy named Huey who runs the truck stop and, and these are the people that frequent it and use it and stuff like that. But maybe there's a little bit something darker going on in, in the story too. It sounds like maybe something happens with Huey. Maybe he gets a little unhinged or something and he just, he leaves the roadhouse. He, maybe he leaves his family and he just kind of slips kind of away to do, to live wherever he happens to live or maybe this is talking about um perhaps teenage runaways or something like that maybe Huey's this young guy who um what did I write down here like towards the end of the song um there's this line young at risk like victims they come running for their lives Mm. so you know I've only had the song for a few months you know if Maybe if this was like part of my teenage years and stuff and growing up, I would have some more solid ideas of, of what's going on in this. Yeah. Well, if it's the ghost of the roadhouse, did, mm-hmm. did somebody die? Did uh, Huey did die? Huey die? Yeah. Right. Did, he, did he die? Did he just leave? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, the line bells and horns. Yes. I back, picked up on that. Of course. How can you not? Right. Yeah. So what, what is that? What is that phrase? I don't think we ever talked about it. Bells and Horns in the Back of Beyond is yep. the second last track on yeah. Red Sails right before the Sheepyards. And a great track, right? Like, yeah. I remember as we were talking about it last summer, it, just thinking, this is one of these fantastic two-for-one yeah. songs. It is really good. It goes into the whole awesome surf part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what are the Bells and Horns in in the back of Yeah, in the back beyond? of Beyond. Or on, see, in Huey, it's Bells and Horns on the back of Beyond. Oh. And... This is bells and horns in yeah okay yeah 
I noticed it. Yeah. But what are the bells and horns in the back of Beyond? I don't know what they are. Are they like those horns on the top of the trucks? Toot toot. <laughs> I don't know. Are well, are don't, they don't you think? Don't you think it's like Capri? It's the cows, isn't it? The cows, oh, just yeah. bells wearing and bells. Yeah, sure. That that makes sense. Yeah, I can and, be convinced of that. And there's that story. Is this another reference to when they went to that mountain? What they went up and they saw the sea of cows in Capricornia, the novel. Oh, I thought there was a gig. Wait, where where in Capricornia did that happen? Oh, I don't know. I thought maybe this was something that I've already forgotten from Capricornia. No, no. I thought there was... Oh, I'm sure we went into this on one of the old podcasts, you know, from way back last year. (laughs) And uh, the guys were on tour in some European country. Okay. And... It was just bells and and horns. And they somehow... Got up on a mountain <laughs> and looked down, and there were a sea of cows, wow. all with bells on. This sounds, up until the bells, sounds very Old Testament. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I thought this was just like a sea of cows. Okay, maybe it's a sea of cows. Yeah. Sure. I think sea it's cows. really cool how the first time they sing the line, Huey's gone and nobody knows... It's at the end of the A part. Uh-huh. And then for the next two times, it's at the beginning of the B part. So they take the same lyric, but they put it to different melody, different rhythm. Except for Christmas and funerals, Dewey's gone and nobody knows. Dewey's gone and nobody knows. Rock through the sound, the rain on the river. They're clever guys. Those clever guys. Yeah, this is a neat song in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't really fit in on 1098, but it's a good song. It is. Good thing we're only doing four songs. I know. And two of them are joke songs. (laughs) (laughs) According to Darren. What's so funny about peace, love, and understanding? It's a cover. Do you remember this one from back in the day? Yeah, I do. Did we have it on one of the cassettes? Did did you or I have? Well, I guess this is one. I don't think one... we had put down that weapon. No, I didn't have. Yeah, that's single. right. I didn't have the single, but wasn't it like when we got those bootleg cassettes? That, I think so. Like, what were the from names the of them internet? again? Yeah, the internet would send us cassettes <laughs> in exchange yeah, for money. We had... Um, the White House Gangsters. Yeah, Songs for the White House Gangsters. Yeah, that's awesome title. Yeah. Songs for the White House. Yeah, I love that. That this was from the Usenet. Yeah, there was this Oils group, right? Yeah, the very first internet was the Usenet. And this would be around 92, 93. Yeah, early 90s. Yeah. And we got to university and discovered the internet. Yep. And Usenet and there was a Midnight Oil group and there was some dude who was putting together medium professional cassette tapes like yeah. they're bootlegs but they're pretty well done with yeah. a, like a little j card liner oh yeah and uh nice notes and it was done as a I, whoever it was, was a cassette tree right like basically you got a copy and you were you were asked like if you would to kind of pass them along right yeah i thought i just paid money for it but it was not a lot of money maybe that's what happened um 
So the guy wasn't doing it to make a million bucks. No. So yeah, I think we got that, but... I, I definitely remember it from back in the day. Like, this yeah. is not new to me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if... I don't think that this turned me on to Elvis Costello. Like, I think that I was aware of him in his own right before this. Well, I'm sure I, I heard him because he had hits that we would have heard. But this song was made popular by Elvis Costello, although it wasn't written by him. It was written by a fellow named Nick Lowe mm-hmm. um, in 1974, and he actually recorded it with his band, Brinsley Schwartz. Um, and I'll, I'll put like links on our show notes to where you can hear these other versions of the song. Yeah. Nick was Elvis Costello's producer um, in the early 80s. So when Elvis Costello and the Attractions recorded this song they kind of made it popular nick was the producer gave him the song john lennon actually quotes this song in one of his interviews in 1980 just prior to wow um yeah so it's a neat song um apparently it was used as a closer on the blue sky mining tour wow yeah so it would have been out there for for people who were going to the shows to hear the oils playing it yeah yeah yeah, so, okay, so this song, this recording is significant. Now, have we ever talked about this on the show, or was this only a Facebook discussion, I believe? Uh, us, me, and our good friend Andrew yeah, had a talk, probably involving some other people. Anyway, mm-hmm. the question is, Darren, okay, when was this recorded? How does this recording fit in with the big picture? Right. Do you know about this? I just have written down that it came out in 1987. It was a B-side for Put Down That Weapon. And I was thinking, this was, pro- this is probably Giffo, right? Because even though it's coming out during, okay, but Robin is wondering, maybe not. Even though it, it came out during, like the, in the Diesel days, it was pro- probably recorded prior to. But Robin's mm. looking at me. Okay. Yeah. See, this is what's interesting. So this this sparked quite a bit of talking, mm-hmm. and I was leaning towards this being Bones. Okay. And that would make this Bones' first recording with the Oils. Ooh. Yeah. You know and, what? I think we were talking about yeah. this in the and, Blue Sky Mining days. Yeah. And so other people were saying, oh, it's Giffo. Yeah. Because it's awesome or whatever, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I believe, now maybe I'm just remembering my version of the events, yeah. that Giffo's brother yeah. settled it oh, in a way. During the Q&A thing. Well, not even during the Q&A. I think he even noticed our question or something, or one of us tagged him on Facebook. Okay. And he spoke up, and he didn't give a definitive answer directly. It was an indirect answer. It was, well, what studio was it recorded at? If it was recorded at the Diesel and Dust studio, yeah. then Giffo played it. Giffo never went to that next studio. And I think we found proof that this was recorded in the studio. Well, I shouldn't say in the Blue Sky Mine, in a different studio than Diesel. Okay. And therefore... Let's do some digging. Well, yeah, I'm I'm basically, I'm certain. And and I will apologize next (laughs) episode when somebody proves us wrong. That's cool. But basically that, yeah, this was recorded at a different studio and this is... Uh, Bones mm-hmm. debut. 
That would be so cool. And right? he really had something to prove. Yeah. And he proved it. <laughs> yeah. With his playing on this track. This is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun bass playing on this. I think that Pete sings this song with more passion than Elvis Costello does, and that the band plays it with more passion than the attractions play it. Yeah. I like this version of the song better than Elvis Costello's version of the song. And I like Elvis Costello. You've heard me talking about him. I like Elvis. I sure have. I've heard you. I like the oil. version None of that love better. for him is ever... I guess I should like that guy, but... Well, you don't have to. No. Yeah. That's true. Um, yeah, so I was listening to this today with Rihanna, and she said it has a bit of a blue sky mining feel to it. She can hear that. Oh, yeah. Is that because it was in the same studio? Is yeah. it because it's uh, Bones' take sure. on the bass? Yeah. Um, yeah. Now, it's interesting, the song is in the key of G, mm -hmm. and that is part of the whole campfire sound right. that Diesel had. So yeah. that, that kind of marries it a bit. Well, of course, a lot of people consider Blue Sky Mine part of the campfire trilogy, trilogy yep. as well. Yep. Um, yeah, so there's a bunch. Of, I, if you could play a few little bass clips, there's a really neat little fill that bones i'm gonna say it's bones sure and rob do together it's a really neat pull on the rhythm maybe you heard it yourself it's kind of that oh well there's the a room but there is there was something that the, I heard Rob more complicit in it. Could it be the bam, bam, bam? Yeah, it's not funny. I heard a much more dramatic thing. Isn't that weird? And you know, anyway. And you know what I found about the drums in this song? As much as I think everyone's playing with just a little bit more intensity yeah. than the version that I grew up with, the way that maybe the way that Rob's kit was recorded or mixed it doesn't have quite the same punch that Pete Thomas's had on it. Although he's got a really good snare sound. I think that his, his snare sound just beating down on that is, is fantastic. Yeah. But overall it just doesn't have that. The kick doesn't have that punch that I'm hearing towards the end of the song when there's the Tom fills. great he does a good job yeah it just doesn't have that beefiness so you're preferring that I prefer. the drums on elvis's version i'm preferring the low drums on Elvis's the drum sound and yeah the sound of the lower drums on the on <laughs> elvis costello well version. thank you for clarifying yeah yeah it's <laughs> good um yeah so bones work on this song is extremely driving yeah yeah and he's just Bones is in and he's making his mark. <laughs> he is. And he's proven that he's got the chops. Yeah. And we talked about we talked about the bass around this era. Yeah. Of how Bones or how Giffo was so subdued in D D because he was basically told this is how you need to play. I think he was being told by Mr. Producer. Warren. Good old Warren, who knew how to make the hits, but yep. did not know, did not let the bass player do what he wanted. Let's come back. 
next episode with a little bit more information on this. Like, I want to know who produced it. I want to know the studio. Oh, we, oh yeah, I guess I should. I, I know it wasn't Warren. Okay. And I know it wasn't in the same studio yeah. as D&D. Okay. And Bones, see, people, if they know this is Bones, Premiere. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, Blue Sky Mining. He sucked on Blue Sky Mining. such boring, blah, yeah, blah, blah, yeah. right? That was Warren again. So it's this. Uh, I know it. There you this, go. This totally fits my storyline. <clears throat> I like it. Okay. I think it's great. You just will cut it all because I don't have enough evidence. No, no. It's great. Yeah. You're okay. going to give us evidence. Yeah, I will. I like it. Good guitar solo. Did you like it? Have the I, two minute mark? Oh, yeah, yeah. For sure, in the, in the squealies that they pull off and towards the, the end. squealies at the yeah. end. And this, again, is where this version of the song shines over Elvis Costello's version. Yeah. Which is more organy based. Do you know that the oils, if we consider Elvis Costello's kind of being the definitive version, Nick Lowe recorded it. Nobody heard it. He gave the song to Elvis Costello to record. He made it a hit. The oils were the first guys to cover this song. Mm. And then after the oils did their cover, everybody starts covering it. Ah. Yeah. It just became the song to cover. After the oils did it. People say, you know what? I could have taken or leave Elvis Costello's version. But now that I've heard the Oils play it, I want to do a cover of it too. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I let my tea get cold. Yeah. <laughs> Fits in pretty good, I guess, with uh, Put Down That Weapon, another anti-war song. It, it makes sense. Like it yeah, fits th- well on the B-side thematically. Yep. yep. Yeah. And it's kind of like a better song than Put Down That Weapon. Oops. I, <laughs> I like it. I, I like The Rock. They brought the rock. They did. Yeah. Good thing we only had four songs, Darren. How long are we talking already? About four songs. An hour and seven minutes. Yeah. And we'll chop. We got some chopping. Not not a lot of chopping, but some. Well, with that, it's time to, what should we say? Put the lid back on the tank (laughs) and say goodnight until next week when we'll be listening to some Blue Sky Mining Era Tunes on Comfortable Place on the Couch, a Midnight Oil podcast. Suggestions? Comments? Hate mail? Just want to get in touch? Want to hear your name on the podcast? You can send us a message from our website, thecouch.website. Yes, that's a real URL. And I only paid a dollar ninety nine for it. Really? Are we the couch? www.thecouch.website. We have to put the www part in no, front. No, you don't have oh, to. Oh. But for some people, if they don't hear for that, inter- they might not think. For Internet Bob, he always does that. <laughs> does add, it? Add HTTP <laughs> colon slash slash, slash oh, forward slash forward slash, slash www. Oh, the couch, the couch dot website. You can get in touch with us there. You'll also find show notes at the couch dot website. 
And I that, don't really like dot website, Darren. It was a buck ninety nine. Buck ninety nine. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and you'll also find that other podcast that me and Robin do. Oh, Grown Up Eighties. Is it called Grown Up Eighties now? We well, haven't we haven't even done the first episode yet, Darren. Yeah. By the time this gets out, really? No, no. But it'll be there eventually. But watch for it. Listen for it. So for Robin Harbrin, <laughs> I'm Darren Folds. Good night. Good night. Excuse oh, me. Let me open my can of whoop. Was the swampy moose what I was supposed to pick up on? Yeah, it was kind of good. It, yeah. it, it wasn't awesome, but if you, you can probably cut it into something good. Oh, yeah, for sure. Now, was that oh. heads up? That was both heads up and north in the sea. Okay. Yeah. So maybe at the, near the end of the episode, we'll tell the truth or okay. something.